Hello and welcome to the Hearsay Podcast. My name is Saya and it's been a little while between podcasts. Life has been quite crazy, uh, but it's feeling like it might be a little less crazy now for a while, so I might have some more time to do a few podcasts, uh, which will be great. I am, I am actually recording this intro in Melbourne through a crappy little microphone because I left my Zoom at home. And I've also noticed that there's a bunch of weird noises in this podcast, including some rustling, shuffling, aeroplanes, amongst other things. But who cares, right? I mean, I think, you know, a lot of us podcasters put a lot of pressure on ourselves to get the audio really neat and tidy and quiet. Um, But I don't really think listeners mind all that much. Do you? I don't think you do. Um, In any case, this is episode number 82 and my guest today is the incredible Meg Mack. I actually forgot to tell her um, in our chat that my first memory of watching her sing, I was so awestruck and floored by her voice. Holy crap, this girl can sing. Uh, Her new album, Matter of Time, is out the 16th of September, which is today if you're listening in real time or in the past if you're listening later, of course. Um, Very insightful, Thayer. It's a super powerful album produced remotely by the Donuts in LA and we talk amongst other things about how she scrapped a version of her album completely and then started again, which is incredibly interesting and brave. Meg's illustration was done by the amazing Melbourne-based artist Art Chandler. You can check out more of their stuff on Instagram at the underscore other underscore Goku or on their website, which um, I've put in the show notes along with the Instagram. So if you're interested in um, checking out more of their stuff, definitely do so. It's so worth it and so amazing. And if you're interested in doing an illustration for the podcast, please send me a message. I'd really love to hear from you. And also thank you so much to everyone who's written to me saying they miss the podcast. It means so much to me and it's so, so lovely. Um, Hopefully I'll be able to release more of these really soon. As always, you can see all illustrations for the guest stories on Instagram at Hearsay Podcast or on the Hearsay Facebook page and sometimes on Twitter when I remember to do it. Uh, So here we go, episode number 82 with Meg Mack. this is my first day of like promo and interviews so this is the first time I'm actually like talking a lot about the album yeah so it kind of feels like it's happening now like as before it's real I wasn't talking about (laughs) it yet and how's it feeling have you um have you been practicing some you know some nuggets on process and stuff (laughs) or is it still feeling really weird like it's um you know no, but I, I'm realising I probably should have practised my little nuggets. <laughs> I sometimes feel like um, when you do interviews, it takes like a few days until you can really talk about it properly and know what you want to say. Yeah, and then you end up, um, after you've done a lot, you end up kind of just saying the same thing. Yeah, or then looping back to not knowing how to talk about it because you've sort of, it's muscle memory or something. you just sort of like, what am I yeah. even talking about? Or if someone throws, like, asks a, a question you haven't heard before, and you're like, "Oh, damn it!" 
I've got to use my brain. Well, I'm hopefully not going to ask you any like expose questions. I would just really love to talk about the album and talk about like how, you know, how you got to where you are. Um, so maybe we can start with, first of all, congratulations on the album. It's so beautiful. I've been listening to it um, since, you know, since I got it. It's it's so lovely and so powerful. Oh, thank you. How are you feeling about um, releasing something after, you know, over two years? Actually feeling really good about this album because I really love it and I really um, put myself into this 100% and then I'm like, there's not really any part of it or a song that I kind of wish I did differently or anything. Like I feel really good about the whole album. That's amazing because normally when I make something, I feel regret almost immediately <laughs> you know you get like yeah you kind of get um get the demoitis or I wish I'd done this different mm-hmm. straight away but that's amazing that you're not feeling that yeah but I did um I don't know if you already know this story but I had a whole album like done finished ready to go yeah at the start of 2020 and that album I threw in the bin yeah and just started again so like it feels really different to be in this place um, having had the album that I did have a lot of regrets about. Imagine if it happened bin. again. Yeah. Imagine if you, <laughs> if you did I threw this. it out again. <laughs> if you oh did my it God, twice. everyone would kill me. <laughs> it's still not ex- right, guys, in the bin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, can you tell me a bit about when you finished the first draft what happened like why what what was it like and what did you like and hate about it and why did you throw it out um it just was it wasn't like bad or oh my god these songs are terrible or anything like that like everything was good about it but it just wasn't right and it wasn't like me yeah and it wasn't I hadn't put myself like 100% into it and it's kind of my own fault that I I let it go so far because I kind of had the little feeling in the back of my head or like kind of this gut feeling that I wasn't that into it but I just didn't do anything about it like it was like the wheels were already in motion and I didn't know how to like kind of tell everyone that I didn't like it or like I was too scared to do it so it just like kept going and then I like literally like two weeks before the first song was about to come out like I, I went as far as like recording a music video wow <laughs> like, had the like uh artwork like photo shoot like everything and then I just was like had a like freak out and like, meltdown and I was like I can't do it yeah wow um, I mean it, yeah. it must have been really hard to get to that point because I think that every artist when they make something is I mean, unless they're like a complete sort of narcissistic, you know, self <laughs> uh, promoter, I would say. I, I think most artists would say, I'm unsure about this. I'm, you know, you having second thoughts through the whole creative process anyway. Um, it must have been really full on to go, no, this is actually more than that. Yeah. Like this is this is more than just like the artist's um, insecurities. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's weird because I... Like, I can't, still now can't believe that I actually did it. Like, it's, it's like I just, for some reason, I just couldn't, like, I just physically couldn't release it. Wow. And I don't know how to explain it, but yeah. I think I that's just... really cool. I think it's really, like, how amazing to actually know that, you know? To... Yeah, well, it's, it's like, okay, now that I've 
done a new album and I'm like doing my promo but at the time it was like very scary I bet. and like um also it's like oh you want to chuck this whole album in the bin and it's like well what have you got for your new album and you're like oh nothing <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it was I had to then like go and you know what's that saying put your putting your money where your mouth is <laughs> yeah that like I had to like I can make a better album, but then I had to actually go and make a better album. Yeah. Well, tell me about how that happened then. You decided that one's going in the bin. How do you then start again? Um, well, luckily, COVID happened. At, Lucky uh, for some. Kind of <laughs> the exact <laughs> Lucky for uh, my album's yeah. sake. So I didn't have this, like, I couldn't go anywhere I couldn't Mm. do any. there was no like I couldn't go on tour I couldn't do anything so it was like oh I actually have time to figure this out yeah and And, what's step one um running away from my troubles (laughs) I ran away to the country (laughs) and I found this like little cottage in Burrowang in um the southern highlands oh wow and I went to like the inspection and then I, like, signed the lease the next day. And I was wow. like, yeah, I'm going to... And in my head, I'm like, oh, I'll just, like, move to this cottage and, you know, write my new album and everything will be fine. Um, didn't go exactly like that. But I ended up being there, f- like... I, I kind of thought COVID, oh, you know, I'll sign a six-month lease and COVID will be over and, you know, it'll be back to normal. And I was there for a year and seven months. Whoa, and, that's ages. Yeah, but it was, like crazy because COVID just kept going like I didn't at that point I didn't know that COVID would turn into you know a two-year thing um nobody did I just thought it was like a few months yeah I <laughs> yeah know. it was such a weird um time um but I just took the time to figure out why I didn't like how I got into the position I was in yeah. and I kind of realized that some of the songs when I would listen to the original like voice memo of when I first wrote it, I was like, I love that, mm. but I don't love what's on the album. Right. So I kind of just would go back. I went back to my voice memos and then kind of found songs that maybe I'd neglected or kind of got um, forgotten about, like old voice memos and like little ideas and started to just like piece together all the things that I knew I loved and felt good. Yeah. And then I also started writing new songs again um and when you say that you ran away from your troubles did you feel like a lot of pressure from like the people that were involved in the first not pressure but like the feeling of disappointing people and I can Mm -hmm. only I can just imagine that how I would feel if I'd made if other people were along with me on the journey like engineers producers whatever and then you were like actually no yeah that's it was horrible, yeah. Oh, I'm and so it's, um... sorry you had to go through that. That must have been so hard. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you think running away is the answer, but everyone's on email. And yeah. Stuff. But it, it, everyone was actually, like, fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's worse than um, your head, I think it, it happens, yeah, and I think it happens all the time, like, with songs and, you know, so, so many songs can go through so many different, like, yeah, journeys before they actually get released. So, but for me it was, like, my first time of, like, um, yeah, throwing something out. But 
yeah maybe to other people it's not as big a deal yeah that's true especially if you're a producer and and like I'm just thinking about the other people that were involved are probably used to it like they're probably like oh, okay mm-hmm. I mean you still get paid um mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it should just be whatever um yeah but yeah it's probably way worse in your head thinking that you know you, you disappointed people or, or whatever yeah okay so you went back to your voice memos and then how did you go about uh starting um well <laughs> my friend um I have a friend in who was in Melbourne and so obviously they were going through their lockdowns and he rang me up and was like oh, I'm doing this like songwriting challenge thing like kind of like a game mm. um where like we make up some rules for the song in the morning like we each get to make up one rule and then at 5 p.m we have to send each other what we wrote amazing and this like changed my life when this happened and I I wrote um I think it was challenge number two and it's still labeled that in my phone (laughs) in my voice memos uh, I wrote Is It Worth Being Sad, which ended up being the first single on the album. And it was also the first new song that I wrote for the album. And it was like a real, um, yeah, like fork in the road for me. Like when I, I just remember when I first sang, like, tell me, is it worth being sad about now? I was like, something just like, s- like snapped in my brain. And I was like, oh my God, I can do this. Yeah. Um, and uh, it felt like I'd yeah like made a new path and I was like oh I can go down this road now that I couldn't see before amazing Um, and then yeah we ended up doing heaps of challenges like that. that's great I always find it so interesting how sometimes putting boundaries on songwriting or limitations can sometimes be so much Mm -hmm. more helpful than restrictive yeah it's crazy because I even broke the rule I think the rule was like you're not allowed drums or something and then I just like put a kick drum in straight away but like (laughs) it it like start like starting from nothing is so terrifying and I think like just staring at a blank page or like having nothing is like I know really difficult so like having um these yeah these two rules that were allowed to be broken it just like creatively opened up something that's so cool and so did you write any other songs on the album using that those tools uh on the actual album now with the 10 tracks there's three of them i think that came from challenge Souls: head on the pillow only love and is it worth being sad um but there were three others that were like on my um short list for the album right so like yeah so could have been more but yeah three of them are actually on this album that's kind of one of the like good things that came out of lockdown was like people trying to find ways to be creative and my friend just like having this idea and that's how he got through lockdown was like through doing challenges and being creative with people was it just you and your friend doing it or were there more people yeah I think he was doing them with like different people like different days he was doing different people but um yeah I only, I only he just rang me up and was like do you want to do them and then we just kept doing them because I was like oh you've saved my life <laughs> so I was like you've saved my album <laughs> I hope he's in the thank yous in the album sleeve <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so funny I've done something similar but ours was even more restrictive we did a song in an hour and you could oh. and so the challenge of it was to go with your first instinct um, okay. And it was really hard because I think as a songwriter, you so often go with 
you rethink and and overthink and this was just mm-hmm. like nah fuck it I'm going with whatever I came up with first that first chord progression because you don't have time to uh, you know yeah to, to overthink it and it was really freeing mm. in a way but you know um you, you come up with some pretty weird stuff <laughs> did you have to finish like the whole song in one hour I mean you just sort of send each other whatever you whatever you did okay yeah so sometimes you you just have time for like a verse and a chorus or something or yeah some yeah um but it was really cool as well like I'd highly encourage any songwriters to to Mm. experiment with those things it sounds like it was really useful for you certainly made me think differently about writing songs yeah and then you're like oh I could write, be writing a lot more than I I know when you can (laughs) achieve that in one hour yeah what percentage would you say of stuff that you came up with out in the country was shit and how much oh, was great? For so long, a lot of it was not good. <laughs> and I think it was like once the challenges started and then like I, th- I think you get on a roll maybe like once you like have one thing that you're like, oh, this is this is new and good, mm. then I was the rest of it came like way easier. But until I had that moment of is it worth being sad, I was just writing. I don't even know what I was writing. Like it just, I wasn't getting anywhere and kind of was all sounding the same and I just couldn't break out of it. Yeah. And then once I did, it was, yeah. That's amazing. great. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is all part of the process, isn't it? Like writing something and going, no, actually, that's not what I want is just as important as writing something where you have that breakthrough moment. Yeah, definitely. And um, what equipment did you have at the house? Mostly I used my loop pedal. And it's just like two two tracks and I just sing into it. Um, I like used that so much. And then you can hear like, oh, is it worth being sad? Obviously it's like all based on a vocal loop. But um, yeah. only love I wrote over like, just like some things I write on the loop pedal and then the end. The, the loop doesn't make it yeah. through but um. I wanted to talk to you about that actually because there's so much really beautiful vocal production on the record and a lot of vocal layers and sort of choir mm-hmm. type instrumentation almost in, instead of you know in lieu of actual instruments um, can you talk a little bit about how that came about and was that something that you know you you thought was going to happen from the start of making the record no, but I got so obsessed with Enya during Oh, my God. Lockdown. I fucking love Enya. <laughs> so I went through a really big Enya phase. What's your favourite Enya then, song? Well, I just like the... Um, well, I love the Lord of the Rings song. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but then I love, like... Um, uh, what's the one? The, like, the famous ones. But, yeah. like, all the vocals Orinoco and just how they're, like... Yeah, and the um, who can say where the oh yeah yeah that one yeah Caribbean Blue is like one of my all time favorite uh-huh. songs, and it almost feels shameful oh. because people think Enya's so uncool, but I think she's the coolest. Yeah, at my shows I've been playing like as soon as I finish, um, Enya comes on. Great, <laughs> because I'm obsessed with um like the synth sounds that she uses yeah. as well. She's amazing, and then I just yeah was watching like every interview ever of her yeah. just like she's such a fascinating yeah. person she's amazing um, and just kind of in her own world like she doesn't really care about what anyone else is doing yeah she like wrote a language didn't she yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah they wrote nuts. so crazy um 
Yeah, so I feel like you can hear my my um Enya influence vocals, especially in Is It Worth Being Sad? Like um there was and there's so many more that I try to put in there that didn't make <laughs> like I was like sending all this stuff. I was like, I've just done all this and then they're like producers like mm, It's too much. We don't need we don't need all of it. <laughs> um but also I think from the using the loop pedal, um to kind of like a lot of the bridges and songs yeah end up being kind of like ooze or yeah i don't know i just love the loop pedal yeah it's such a good Um, tool isn't it yeah and you just kind of sit on the floor and then i think because it's just once you have a loop you like as well it's just like it's just looping (laughs) and then you kind of just have to sing over it and then i don't know and then i always just put like um i have a pedal like a reverb pedal um thing and then I put that on so then it's just like the whole house is just filled up with this sound and then right. you can just get sucked sucked into it and then it's like really cool to write over it even if you don't end up using the loop anymore yeah, yeah that's a great process and so interesting that you would yeah you're pretty much like jamming with yourself yeah and you don't need to think about what the chords are or anything you're just using your ears and not yeah yeah not worried about progressions or anything the only thing is i guess then you need to get a new loop for the possibly for the you know chorus or the <laughs> that's why, or something <laughs> that's why you can hear it like when i um in is it worth being sad it's like all the loop and then like you hear when i get to the pre-chorus i've like swapped to the piano yeah. and my ooze are gone <laughs> so i'm like oh no i need to go i need to go to a new yeah, section it and can't the, repeat forever the ooze drop out yeah yeah that was something I noticed about the record is there are a lot of um, sort of beautiful direction changes suddenly between parts. Um, mm-hmm. There's a little break beat that comes in and then the, when the chorus or whatever, the next bit comes in, that the snare gets really reverby and and it fills up the space mm-hmm. so much more. I feel like there's so many little beautiful production bits on the record that you may not notice listening to it as a whole, but when you're really honing in, you're like, oh, wow, that was a decision. Like, that sounds so yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, the, the Donuts um, are the producers that did did a lot, I think six songs. I think they did six. So, like, they did On Your Mind. And, like, yeah. there's just, like, when they would send me some of these ideas, I was like, how on earth did you think of that? <laughs> like, like, I was so just cool. sending them, like, On Your Mind was just, like, a piano and a vocal. That was it. And then they just sent back, like, taking, like, all the piano out and just sent back this thing. And I was like, what? Yeah, it's great. And so, so cool. And so they were in L.A. and mm-hmm. is that right? So you were doing all of the production remotely? Yeah, so it was like... How did that work? We would do it all over, like, WhatsApp. And then I would send, like, always would start with sending them, like, a vocal and a keys like kind of just like a guide demo yeah so then they could like build the track with that and then they would send it back and we'd go like back and forth until it like felt good and then I would like um drive up to Sydney and record final vocals yeah and then send those vocals over and then just like keep so it was like took forever but um that's an interesting way to work where you're not actually in the same room but I suppose that must have just happened so much over COVID times. <laughs> yeah, and I've done it. It's weird. Like, I've done it before with um, some of my songs in the past as well, like, have been done in that way. Mm. So, 
Um, in some ways I like it because you can really um, let the ideas like grow on you because mm. at first you might be like, like when I first heard um, something in the water, I was like not totally sure about it. And then after like a few hours and like driving around listening, I was like, oh no, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But like I think you get so used to your demos and then when when someone's because sometimes it would be like uh they've chopped up the vocals or like um now there's two verses in a row as I used to have like verse chorus verse and then so like it takes a while to get used to and I think if you're in the room you might like shut down ideas yeah quicker yeah but also on the other hand um, you'd be there to get used to the idea together rather than true yeah coming in cold yeah because you get a shock sometimes you gotta give them a minute to sink in because yeah. sometimes I had my album mixed um remotely recently and it was really interesting to get the mixes back so yeah my initial instinct was like I don't like it or like yeah it's different yeah I don't like it and then mm-hmm. yeah you, but then you listen to it 10 times you're like oh now I get it yeah like what you were saying it's really yeah. It's it's pretty um, confronting at times where you're just like, oh, fuck, I hate it. No. <laughs> and then, yeah, oh, no, I think my initial, like, when I see the file there and before I've even opened it, I'm like, yeah, you're not, I don't know, it's not, like, when you're in the room, maybe it's more, like, you're more open, but, like, if the email comes through when you're, like, at the shops or, like, I don't know, in bed, in bed or something, yeah. it's like you're not on the same wavelength true, as yeah. where they're at. Yeah. Um, but can I ask you about that? Um, you were saying that they, they were editing your vocals. I was reading that mm-hmm. that's something in the past you've been really passionate about unedited vocal takes um, that, you know, you like that live performance. Yeah, I mean, like, I would send the demo and they would, like, just delete the chorus. And then so it would be, like, changing the, like, structure yep. of the song and then, like, on your mind, the chorus they took out the lead vocal, so it was just the two harmonies. Wow. That's why the first half of the chorus sounds yeah. a bit, like, wacky because yeah. it's just a harmony. So it's stuff like that where it's, like, not, like, um, tuning and, like, yeah. you know, chopping up in that way, more like... Did you have that on this album too, that, like, your, your sort of your, your vocal takes are all, like, one take live? Some of them. Oh, not, not everything's full live, but I did spend a lot more time on vocals. Yeah. Like, like... And some, I was like, oh, I've got to redo it. And I would, like, go back and do another day and just do the vocals. So, like, I spent ages doing the vocals. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I don't know if... I don't think any of them would be, like, one take. But, yeah. But it sounds like it. It sounds like one one passionate gal singing her heart out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I wanted to... Quick, quickly talk about growing up and what kind of music was playing in your house and if you ever had a moment where you were like that's what I want to do listening to another record or like how did you know mm-hmm. um or when when I first started singing like I remember like singing lesson and like the first song I learned was like Les Mis, like, there is a castle on it, (laughs) like that. And then, but I, um, like, I was really obsessed with Vanessa Amorossi. (laughs) And when I I heard her sing... She's great. (laughs) No, people laugh, but I was, like, very obsessed. (laughs) And 
I was like, I want to sing like that. Like, I just wanted to yell and just, for some reason, I just wanted to sing like, I didn't want to sing pretty, like, there is a castle on a yeah, cloud. Like, you I wanted, wanted to bellow. sing like, yeah, and it's like, it's weird that I wanted to do that. Um, but yeah, growing up, my dad, my dad loved um, lots of soul music, and he loved like Van Morrison and Ir- lots of Irish bands like the Pogues and stuff. Oh, great. But then he also loved like music theatre. So we always had like Phantom of the Opera and like Les Mis <laughs> playing and stuff. So it was like lots of drama. Yeah. And I just, um, but that sounds exactly bit... like what your music has turned into. Your music to me sounds like uh, it. that's definitely got like a soul, you know, like a like an old school soul <laughs> feeling. But then I feel like you also have a drama feeling. Like yeah. not not super musical drama, but definitely there's like a intention to you know, um, to put yourself out there and and yeah, like I said, like project and bellow, like it's very musical yeah. theatre. And then I love shows and like you can the lighting and like smoke machines and like how you can make songs like be dramatic live. Yeah. Um, so yeah, music is very fun. That all comes from your dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> so you had singing lessons, so you obviously knew you wanted to sing pretty young. Yeah. Did you ever go like, this is what I want to do for a job or? Um, I remember I always loved singing and then I, after school, I went to study digital media and I was like, I thought I wanted to, I don't even know what I thought I wanted to do, but it was like this year of like not singing or like not not doing what I wanted to do and I kind of hated the course was when I was like, oh, I love singing and I would like go home and um, sit on the piano and just like, that's when I first started like discovered that you could kind of like make up your own songs and I was just like spending hours doing that and then hated uni and that's <laughs> when I was like, oh, I really like singing. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, I think it was something I just did growing up so much that it's like I didn't want to do it or something yeah. when I when I left school. But then I, when I realised that you could um, sing what you wanted, like you didn't, you know, you could make it up. Sure. I was like, oh wow, this is like pretty cool. And then how did you? Because w- were you a shy kid? Um, yeah, I feel like I'm. I was both because I. I think that I was shy, but I also watched some family videos and I'm so annoying and loud. And like, so I think I'm a bit of both. Yeah. Cause I, I yeah. was quite a shy kid. I sometimes mm-hmm. wonder if you're a shy kid, how then do you get the energy to p- perform live or like be in front of, yeah, like you're saying, being in front of a video camera and even more so making video clips. Um, yeah. Do you ever struggle with any of that stuff? Um, to be honest, I find the, like, talking in between the songs, like, the hard bit and, like, the, uh, when you have to be, when I have to be myself, that's when I find it harder. So, like, (laughs) interviews or, like, um, even, yeah, video clips is not that comfortable, but when you're just singing, like, for real singing, like, not miming or whatever (laughs) for a video, like, that feels comfortable to me. Yeah. Um, that's so yeah. interesting so you feel really vulnerable between songs but not when you're mm-hmm. singing 
Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when I play, if I make the audience laugh, then I feel better. Yeah, that definitely makes do it easier. Do you ever do that? Yeah, or like, um, you know, when sometimes you say like, hello, or like, I'm Meg Mac or something, and then people like scream or clap yeah. or something, you're like, oh, oh Yeah, it's, it's okay. okay, they're here and for like, me. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, and you're like, oh, like, obviously they bought a ticket, like they want to yeah. be here. <laughs> like so much anxiety is about like whether or not people are going to like it but if they've bought a ticket they're probably going to like it yeah yeah but I used to have these like I don't know why but I would like have these nightmares that like no one would be at the show yeah and then I'd be like oh but it's sold out and then I'm like oh my god like someone bought tickets oh no it's like your dad as, has a, just, as like, an bought- evil like <laughs> yeah like they've bought like tickets just to like I don't know be mean oh and then... no that's a horrible <laughs> nightmare and then I wake up and I'm like oh it's just a dream <laughs> um. <laughs> I find it so funny like I haven't I mean I just played a couple of shows recently but before that all through COVID I hadn't played in years and I was still mm-hmm. having gig nightmares like where things really? you know like I didn't know the song or like my keyboard was falling over or I forgot all my leads or, you know, just like those dumb... Oh, that's so weird. ...dumb things that are so intrinsically wedged in my subconscious. (laughs) Yeah. So stupid. How weird. Maybe you really missed it. Maybe. I don't think I did, actually. Did you miss it? Uh, Yeah. Like, I did miss it, but then, you know, when you don't have a show, like... I think if I'd had a whole bunch of things cancelled and I was about to go on tour, but because I wasn't, like, you know, prepped and had shows, I didn't lose. I lost one show. Yeah. Hey, I would love to talk to you for another five hours, but I know that you've got heaps of interviews today. So I'll I'll go into it a tiny bit of a quick fire round. Okay. Let's see if we can do a quick fire round. Um, Favourite song to sing along to? Um... Oh my god! I love singing. I love singing along to everything. This is a quick fire round <laughs> fail. <laughs> okay, the last. Um, I'm going to change it to the last song I sang along to was "You're the Voice China." <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Um, what's the last song that made you cry or feel emotional? Oh, um, <laughs> I'm so bad at <laughs> quick fire. Um, I think like when I sing, when I sing. Um, this is lame because I'm picking my own song, but when I sing Don't You Cry with my sister and I'm like, we're on stage oh. and I'm looking into her eyes, there's been a moment where I was like, I'm going to cry. Oh, that's so nice. What a beautiful answer. Um, what's a song that you wish you wrote? Uh, Grandma's Hands. Beautiful. By Bill Withers, yeah. I love that song. Yeah. Um, what is playing in your tour van? Oh, um... I don't have a tour van, but if I did, probably Enya. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Um, what is, this is the last quick fire round uh, question, what is your favourite live show that you've ever seen? Um, D'Angelo. Um, oh, yeah, you did a big tour with D'Angelo, didn't you? Yeah. So I'll, That's bonkers. I got to watch it like every night like watch the show every night and it was so Whoa. amazing yeah was it like big massive production stuff um it was in theaters so it wasn't like 
too crazy, but the band is just like crazy and the backing singers and um, just, I don't know, just so good. Wow, wow. Um, yeah. I don't really know D'Angelo's songs very well, but I know that video clip where he's got his top off and those oh, yeah. <laughs> muscles are insane. <laughs> what are those muscles that are like? Oh, the, oh, I don't know. Oh it makes me God. think of like Kendall vibe. Yes. Yeah. There's like the, yeah, just insane, insane muscles. That's my mm-hmm. main memory of D'Angelo. I'm sure, <laughs> I didn't I'm sure get you to, have. I didn't get to see that. Um. <laughs> um, well, what a great tour to get. How, how yeah, amazing. So that cool. must have been incredible. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I'm going to ask you the last question which is the question that I ask everyone Mm -hmm. what is your strangest show experience or the strangest thing that's happened to you because you play music okay um so I had to sing two songs at this like it was a charity event and it was a dinner um in New York at um like a fashion designer's house and Mm -hmm all the guests were like Anna Wintour <laughs> wow. um, and like every fashion designer and it was just it was so crazy and it was just like I was singing but I was literally like I don't even know like 20 centimeters from like Anna Wintour and all the people and it was just like everyone eating dinner and I just had to sing two songs and Weird. it was um yeah that was that's like the weirdest that is really show weird. I've done and I think were they listening yeah everyone was listening but it was very um I think I was just so nervous so I couldn't really yeah. like yeah and then someone did a monologue um after me <laughs> and they were from a Broadway show so oh. it was just like a, a you know not like a usual setting yeah 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 that's super weird but it sounds like it went well there was no like no incident oh yeah nothing <laughs> nothing bad happened is it Thank is it meant God. to be more a story about something bad no I was just okay. expecting it because I um my imagination was going oh. crazy but I'm so glad it went well and then it's over and you're like oh wow I just yeah I just did that. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for, for making the time. Thank you for um, having me on your podcast. 